0: Where do you go to find authenticity and truth? Nobody wants to talk about the skeletons in their closet, the nitty-gritty, or the failures, all of which I believe are the most important parts of anybody's story of success. This is a place where we say what nobody else is saying. Truth with Tara, welcome to The Fold. Yeah, it's true that you don't gotta- What's up, everybody? And welcome to today's episode of Truth With Tara. This is part two of my interview with the amazing and incomparable James Conner. James, thank you so much for coming back. We appreciate you being on today.
1: Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure.
0: (laughs) So guys, we left off last week talking about James's story and his come up, as well as really talking about enjoying the journey and not the destination. We kind of left off there and how, um, speaking to you as listeners You really um, need to avoid the comparison spirit of, hey, am I even good enough to do this? James is saying that's going to get you stuck. That's going to leave you in a place of um, kind of uh, analysis paralysis. And you actually just need to go with your gut, go with your heart and continue to hone your craft and just by default good things are going to happen and the journey is going to be beautiful so i love that by the way and i think that's a very encouraging word i wanted to get into a little bit of like behind the scenes shop talk with james today um and then we're going to get into sort of what we're doing together and then what he sees kind of for the future of music and his role in that going forward so james um you know we were kind of talking before we started this and and you you told me this crazy story that i would love for you to share with our listeners about kind of like one of the weirdest, most bizarre things that ever happened to you when you had an artist record. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, well, sometimes what you realize as you move forward in the industry and you start to get to know artists in particular and, and maybe even uh, things that are common threads through different genres, different artists who work in different genres, is you start to realize there is a very real sense for an artist and what attracts a lot of people to artistry is the lifestyle of an artist right (laughs) and in different genres that can look very differently um but man you know i i guess i nobody told me nobody prepared me for like party culture (laughs) like like show up and and like have a party at the studio and it kind of hit me sideways i was working with um an artist that had some access to the studio while my production partner and I were away and, uh, and we kind of give them an open space to write and uh, our policy just in general for our particular studio is to try and keep it a neutral space in the sense that um, we, don't, we don't allow beer and alcohol or like drug use inside the studio at all just because right. it kind of becomes like a vibe yeah. Uh, and, and so, allowing it to be a neutral space for everyone to be equally comfortable is a big yeah. part of what we do here.
0: Some of it also stinks, frankly, so.
1: Yeah, like literally, it smells really weird. And, and so, um, anyway, we, we, we have always made that clear to artists that come in and, and say, you know, that's our mission. You're a part of that. Like, help us keep this uh, chill space. Man, no problem. I'm just going to be here. Uh, writing some songs for a little bit and then when you guys get back then we can get to work and we're like great that sounds amazing we'll see you in a couple hours and so we go out and do what we had to do that night and and we come back Tara and I kid you not there's a full-blown house party happening in the studio there's cars everywhere there are people everywhere we walk into this house and we're like uh what is going on What?" and 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 so we go up and 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 we find kind of the artist who's pretty much inebriated at this point
0: oh my gosh and
1: and he's got his drink or whatever right by him like almost empty i <laughs> mean um, it's like a it's like a bottle of jack daniel this is a lot of alcohol oh. for whoever knows how much alcohol that is um and uh he he's hilarious he's like no man i've been drinking like <laughs> Go on and then and then he rats out his buddy, who's like right there, he's like, but he is still like <laughs> no and, and uh anyway, so we have to very politely ask everyone to leave clearly uh, and uh and we have we still have alcohol stains in the in the carpet to this day oh um but it really opened my eyes and our just our studio staff's team eyes to, wow, there is kind of a vibe where. People are want to party at the studio. Like yeah. people, people will want to just kind of go crazy, and and that's actually super not what we're about. Right. Not because we don't believe in having a good time, but just knowing that there's a a spirit and a vibe that comes with that, and I don't think that's really what we're personally about. And again, we what we'll do with anybody. Is we'll just say, hey, we'll make a space for that available if you want. To, if that's part of your process, you can do that outside. You know, you can do that off the property. You know, before or after, because mm-hmm. um, um, our our goal is not to tell an artist how to live their life, but our right. our goal is to create incredible things together. Right, and we find that we can't do that as easily <laughs> when people are integrated. <laughs> so.
0: Okay, I have two questions. A burning question (laughs) our listeners must know after that is: Did you end up making music with this dude?
1: Unfortunately, this guy ended up totally ghosting one of my producers, Uh uh, and um, had done several hundred dollars worth of work at that point. Um, Uh And unfortunately, we never got a hold of him. Uh, Uh So that that bridge unfortunately got burned. Yeah, Uh, hope that maybe it can be mended at some point, but right. No.
0: (laughs) Hard no. Okay, one other question in regards to that, because you mentioned that like that's part of your process. I I was having a conversation with uh, another friend in the industry of mine uh, just the other day, and we were talking about the same thing. And we were saying how you know in studios that's very common practice and that's part of the reason why i'm glad that you mentioned that it's not at at your place but that is the exception to the rule and because it's such common practice i mean look i remember recording angelica hale uh, a couple years back in in um, one of the very prominent studios in Atlanta. And man, I had to change vocal booths with her because she's got respiratory things, you know, and it reeked of weed. I was like, we cannot be in here. This is, she's hitting, she's belting ease Like, this is ridiculous. You gotta find us a, you know? And so it's it's very, it's commonplace, right? But I was talking to my friend and I was like, you know, I wonder what percentage of hit songs out there were created when someone was not under the influence of something. What do you Mm. think like
1: my guess would be 30 to 35 percent of all music is sober music wow Um, especially in what we're talking about inside of like pop charts top 40 things like that um
0: i think you're being a lot of that
1: and what i've come to actually realize tara is there's a a sense for a lot of artists that they wrestle with crippling anxiety and and a lot of times they're using that as medicine to even get to a place of vulnerability or bravery or authenticity Mm -hmm. that they feel like they cannot come to any other way. A lot of times that's literally, they're like, I have to be this, or I have to be that, or, and unfortunately, I think that's just our failure, even as producers to create environments of safety and of, um, peace and stillness for people, um, and I really am I'm excited about a new generation of people who are going to kind of come up and realize that maybe the way we always have done it isn't the right way. Maybe it needs a second look. Wow. Um, because it, if a lot more of our artists these days are, are dealing with crippling anxiety and fears and, and maybe depression, um, we should probably look at ourselves and say, why is that? Yeah. Yeah. What's causing this? Um, and what's going to break the cycle? Is it doing the same thing we've always done? Or is it actually maybe addressing some of these things and as producers taking some responsibility for our artists and saying, you know, I'm going to care for you. I'm going to protect you. I'm going I'm to look a little deeper. I'm going to ask questions about your heart, and your wellness, about yeah. your mind. And, and maybe we don't make music today. Maybe we just talk. Um, and I think that's maybe what s- some great producers do that people don't know is, they become music therapists in a way they sit with their artists and they care at a really deep level and so for those of you who are are looking for producers i would i would put that on your list is this person going to care for me is this person going to allow me to be authentically who i am in a safe place without judgment does this person care about me first and not my money or my productivity or my product um
0: that's, that's a really amazing piece of advice. So I hope that you guys listening take that to heart. I mean, honestly, my thought when you say that is, well, if I put that on my list, I may never find anyone, but then there's you, you know, I did find you. And, and to be honest, I, I've been blessed to work with, with you and Blake, both of which are the first experiences where that has happened and guys uh, i've interviewed blake in in my podcast before you can listen to our interviews in earlier episodes but i just was really taken aback by how much you cared actually and and so much so i'm going to give you guys an example this is how much james cares right I originally reached out to James last January. It's a year, actually, maybe even to the day that <laughs> I reached out to you in January. Come think of it. And I said, hey, I was referred to you by a friend of mine at Life Church. He leads worship down on the Wellington campus, Jordan. And uh, he said to give you a call, you're the best for worship music because my plan, my aim was to record a worship album. Because why not? I never have. And I have tons of worship songs. One plus one equals two. So I sent you all these songs. Right. And this James this is my first you know, time getting to know and work with James. And I only had what one maybe brief conversation with you before I sent you songs. This dude takes like, I don't know, a week and a half, two weeks to get back with me. And I'm thinking about James. Oh, he's another typical producer. I am not going to hear back. he's slacking already, blah, blah, blah you texted me shortly after I had those thoughts and we were like, Hey, I've really been like listening to these songs. Can I have a FaceTime call with you? And you, you FaceTimed me and you said to me, you went to bat for me, like without even me asking you to, you fought for the truth in me without even me realizing that there was somewhat of a lie. You said to me, I just want to know why you want to do a worship album. And I said to you kind of defensively, well, what do you mean? Uh, like I have worship songs, I can sing worship and I've never done it. So there you go. And you were like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> but I just feel like you're kind of, you know, you can make Christian songs to, to change the church, but you can make songs with your voice to change the world. And I see you as more of like a Carrie Underwood type person than, you know, a Carrie Job. And although Carrie Job's amazing and, you know, you could be that. And I'm like, well, I'm not frankly trying to be either. I just know that I have all these songs and I should record them and my fans want them. And, and, you know, I said to you, I, I gotta, gotta get off the phone and think about this. Like I, I basically hung up on James guys. <laughs> it's like, I, I remember sitting where exactly where I am right now um, in my studio and I got my phone out and I did a, I did a video recording and I'm like crying. I got off the phone. I started crying and I did this video. I still have it. I don't know if I sent it to James, but I did this recording and I was just like, this guy just like, like rocked my world with no, no notice and really no request. He just like, he just, Basically, told me things that no one would ever need to care about telling me. Like, I'm going to pay you regardless. Just do the worship album. Why not? Like, it would have been great, you know. But you really, you really changed everything without being asked. You took the initiative. You, you searched for the truth. You went to the heart of the matter and you really called me higher. And that was really gutsy because you didn't know me from Adam. Like, we'd had one conversation. And in that moment, I knew that you were totally different and that we were going to do some really cool things together. And so I say that, that story guys, because you know, you say, Oh, find a producer who really cares. They don't exist, but you know, if I found one, you could find one and maybe even it's James or Blake or whoever, but like there are those out there who exist. And I would say I will echo James advice that it is warranted because to the point where if, if you care like James as a producer about an artist, you literally could change the entire genre and trajectory of the recordings themselves. Like we're not doing a single one of those songs I sent him. I'm not saying that they won't eventually be produced, but for such a time as this, it was not the right time and everything changed. And it was all for the good. So I just, you know, I want to thank you publicly for that, James, because I don't really know if you know what you did to me that day.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's so sweet. And I'd love to see that video. You should send it to me, but um, that is so sweet guys. I just, I just want to, you know, humbly just say like, there are people, there are people, there are people um, out there. I think it's almost kind of like finding the one, right? You know, there are, there are countless of people that you could be compatible with, but don't sell yourself short. Don't sell you or your artistry short. It is not worth going in and being miserable and anxiety ridden to go be a star. I promise you what you will protect in the process of holding your standards high and looking out for your heart and your mind first is infinitely more valuable than anything you could gain uh, fame wise or recognition wise or monetarily. Um, And, and I'm thankful that Tara and I had that interaction, but uh, all, all I'm saying guys is don't trade, you know, your mental health and your happiness inside of you in your heart for anything the world could give. If if you're looking for money or fame and exposure, don't those aren't bad things inherently. But don't trade who you are and your happiness to get them. Okay. And work with people who believe in you first. You know, and I, I was just saying, I, I'm thankful that Tara and I had that interaction that we that we able we were able to get there. But it was because we were willing to be authentic with each other. It was because we were willing to let some guards down and 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 at the core of it, love each other. And you can carry that into whatever you do. You can can be a janitor, you can be a math teacher, you can be a producer, um, but love people, care about them, and put them first, and you'll find that those things will happen naturally. Healing will happen, and authenticity will happen. Lifelong friendships will happen, Um, if you're just willing to be a little bit more honest and a little bit more loving with people
0: how can you not love James Conner guys? I just, I love you, James. So tell me a little bit real quick. Cause I, I know we need to wrap it up. Um, but tell me a little bit about where you see the future of music and where you, where you see your fit in that.
1: Yeah. Well um, it connects to my mission. I, I see, I see the future of music going uh, really dark sometimes. I, I think I have this sense of, of man, Things just in the world, you, there's a sense that tension and division is spreading through most things. Um, and cu- culture is driven in so many ways by music, but music is driven in so many ways by sex. Yeah. And, and man, I want to be contributor at a high level to an antidote, mm. to something that can, can give our cultural centers um, throughout our world. Something that's positive to, to lean on, uh, positive role models and artists that I work with and help develop, positive songs that speak to authentic human experiences, to love and to hope. Um, and I'm hoping that a generation will rise with me that will go take that mountain of music back for something that's good for humans yes. and not that's going to destroy us and, and lead us further into division and darkness, jealousy covetousness, over-sexualization of women and men. Mm-hmm. And I'm really, really excited by the people I see, the, the the stars that are are starting to emerge, people who care about this. Um, I'm realizing there is an army of us guys. Yes. There's literally a whole um, underrepresented and maybe not quite outspoken group yet that is really hungry for this. Yes. and And that's so fun to discover who each other are yeah. and uh, happening by the way on every mountain of culture, every pillar of culture and business and politics in the school system and the family system, religious systems. Uh, and I think we're all just kind of asking the question, what if we did it differently? Yeah. And that's really what I want my five to 10 years to be is a journey of asking those questions with people higher and higher up the ladder who have more and more influence not for the sake of fame, but for the sake of influence, to be able to allow more people to experience hope through music and the connection that it is it 's an agent that brings humanity together let 's not twist it let 's get back to what it was always meant to do was to be a universal language when we don 't have the words mm. to be a universal emotion when we don 't have the ability to communicate when we 're feeling. To be a barrier breaker and not a barrier creator. So I'm passionate about that. That five, 10 years down the road, we're contributing, hopefully together, Tara, to a, um, a music industry that cares about people yes. um, over product. And a music industry that's reconnected at some level with what music is. And that's a unity um, for humanity.
0: Absolutely. That's so good. I mean, I don't think I can say it any better than James. Isn't he eloquent guys? That's why he also writes songs aside from just producing, which he also does amazing. So I'm so excited, James, that I know you and that we got to get to know you a little bit more as listeners today. Thank you so much for sharing your heart, your passion for music, the direction and the the trajectory for where you think it's going. I am in complete agreement with you and I'm so excited to be partnering with you in this change. And I do believe that Um, an army is being raised. And if you're inspired as listening to this and you're like, yeah, I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, I don't, I'm disenfranchised though. I don't know where my people are. Like you have people in me and in James, and there are so many others out there. And I believe that God is organizing and in the process of raising up an organized army right now. Um, And you're going to be hearing a lot more about a a certain organization coming up this year um, that I'm doing an endeavor with. It's called, red pill records james is going to be heavily involved in it and it is basically the blueprint of the why that we've been talking about right now as far as the darkness and bringing light into the music industry creating a place where there's a hub for life giving music a lighthouse for that um so i'm very excited to bring that to full circle fruition because that's something that god's really put on my heart the last year and and Placing people like James in my life who literally speaks and echoes the same exact verbiage is just confirmation of that that he is working and that it is happening. And it is not an if it's a when. So I'm just so fired up right now, James, I love you, brother. Thank you so much for being on today. And and I really hope that those of you listening that this inspired you that it it kind of made you feel like you're not alone. And that if you have a burning desire, and if, if you have conviction about things that should change, like, don't wait for someone else to be that change. Like you be the change you go and you do it. Don't compare. Don't look to the right or to the left. You go out and you hone your craft and, you know, shovel that snow and mow those lawns and maybe even sell that blood like James said. (laughs) But anyway, guys, we will see you next week. Um, I'm going to be doing some more interesting topics and having some more amazing people on eventually. But for now, we're going to say goodbye to James. James, thank you so much for being on today. So grateful for you, friend.
1: Bye, guys. Thank you so much, Tara. You're so welcome.
0: You. Talk to you later. Bye, guys. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening to Truth with Tara. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future podcast episodes, don't hesitate to email info at Baby, Yeah, I know that you don't got